Exciting episode of What Are We Watching Tonight? I'm your host, Alex, and this is my co-host, Brooke. Hi, Brooke. How you doing today? I can't get over how you do the intro. It's my movie phone voice. I know. It like sounds, Kramer on Seinfeld. It sounds very professional. It just, I don't know. It just cracks me up every time that you yeah. do it. I think it's probably also because seeing your face change <laughs> do it, while you do it. I go into my like Jim Carrey face like, spank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except don't. Except don't. Okay. All right. Oh, then. No. Okay. I'm not going to look at you while we record this then. All right. So <laughs> what, what, what are we watching tonight? Um. Well, I can tell you what we watched Last night, which okay. is what we're going to be talking about today, we watched the 1990 classic Goodfellas. Goodfellas, directed by Martin Scorsese. Of and course. S- and starring Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, and Joe Pesci. And I had never seen this movie before. Yeah, you had never seen it. This is what, a, what I would call one of my gaps in um, movie knowledge. Mm. It just like... The mob genre in general, I hadn't seen Godfather up until college, maybe. I had never seen okay. it. And then other than Godfather, I don't think I've ever... Like, I haven't seen Casino. I haven't seen... Okay. Have you seen Donnie Brasco? Have you no. seen... Okay. What are other mob movies? Um, what are some other mob movies? Well, Italian mob movies. I mean, you've got right. Goodfellas, Casino. Are those pretty much... Is um, that? Do you consider that to be like the canon then is like... The Godfather, obviously, like that yeah. that trilogy, and then Goodfellas, and then Casino. I think those three, the Godfather trilogy, Goodfellas, Casino, that's kind of like the cornerstone of mafia okay, film then I'm cinema. Yeah, two for three. Then okay, I'm so you're doing great. You're doing great, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and then there's other gangster movies like there's Scarface, but that's not like a mafia movie. Mm-hmm. But it's also in, it's in the same genre as these films. I just feel like um mob movies just hold such a specific place within like yeah movie history yeah um so i just feel like yeah it was this major gap and so it was nice to finally watch it i had my expectations going in we're in like low necessarily but um dog relax (laughs) If you, if I'm sure people can hear the dog, Peanuts just clicking in the background. As soon as we turned on the, oh, yeah, he was quiet all day long. As soon yeah. as we turned on the microphones, he decided to pace and click mm-hmm. around. Um, what I was gonna say though was, Goodfellas. It wasn't that I had low expectations, high expectations. I really had no knowledge going in. Mm-hmm. I had never seen clips really before. I never really. Did you see a trailer? I haven't or... seen a trailer. Okay, so you right went in be- blind. That's well, good. And right before we watched, I said, okay, so what is, like, one sentence that sums up what, like, the movie is? And, um, and yeah. And so you told me. I basically just said it's about a guy, a young guy that joins the mafia family, and that's kind of it. Like, I think I feel like that's kind of all the synopsis you need yeah. going into this one. Do you want to read the real synopsis? Yeah, I'll synopsis read the synopsis for those. Just in case anyone yeah, hasn't seen it in a long seen time. Haven't seen the movie. Uh, so this is from IMDb. Uh, a young man grows up in the mob and works very hard to advance himself through the ranks. He enjoys his life of money and luxury, but is oblivious to the horror that he causes. 
A drug addiction and a few mistakes ultimately unravel his climb to the top, based on the book Wise Guy by Nicholas Pileggi. Now, I've actually read the book Wise Guy. Mm -hmm. I read it in high school. And it's like Scorsese did like a 90% adaptation of the book. Like Mm -hmm. pretty much everything that's in the book is in the movie, minus a few things. Um, One of the big changes was in real life, the character of Tommy DeVito played by Joe Pesci in the movie. Mm -hmm. In real life, he was like a big hulking guy. He wasn't like a a little guy like um, Joe Pesci. But they say that he had the same demeanor as Joe Pesci. Well, that's why I was just about to ask you that because... His whole, I feel like Tommy's whole personality is wrapped up in this like overcompromising, you know, trying to compensate for being this like small guy. Be- right. Like I'm sure, like there's a line I think about right. something t- to that effect right. about being taken advantage of or people not take. Okay, dog. <laughs> <laughs> let him let him burrow. He might. Okay, he's okay, gonna relax. He's now. settling. Okay, he's settling. He just has a lot of feelings about he Goodfellas. He was watching it intently last night before he fell asleep five minutes into it. <laughs> um, right. So I feel like that's interesting that that was actually his kind of like personality and demeanor is because it seems so specific to because of Joe, Pes- Joe Pesci's stature is um, kind of, yeah compensating yeah. for something yeah well one of the f- one of the few scenes that w- that wasn't in in the book in real life was the uh you think i'm funny scene mm-hmm. that scene was added into the movie which is uh, so good you think i'm funny <laughs> i'm a fucking clown i'm here to amuse you i'm here to make you laugh mm-hmm. what the fuck is so funny about me <laughs> get the oh. fuck out of here Tommy. Oh. okay before i forget okay. this is jumping ahead a little bit mm-hmm. but because you brought it up joe pesci like Okay, so Tommy says to Henry's character, he's like, oh, like during that thing, he's like obviously pulling his leg, but he like says someone tries to like intervene on like Henry's behalf to like defend him. Yeah. And no, Anthony, he's a big boy. He could take care of himself. Okay, that's what <laughs> it makes it seem like Tommy is supposed to be older than him or something when in the flashback scenes, yeah. Tommy is so little in comparison to like the kid who plays Henry's character. So I I didn't look it up beforehand, but I'm curious as what the age difference is supposed to be between uh Tommy and Henry because again, he says like, "Oh yeah, he's a big boy. He can take care of himself." It makes it seem like you know, Henry is still sort of this like younger kid in the eyes of some people. I think he was supposed but... to be like 21. Right. I think in, in the scene when he's with, right. with Lorraine Brock. But how old is Tommy supposed to be? I then? guess that age. Well, I guess, okay, so f- going back, I guess the set, for those who haven't seen the movie, the movie opens with a, uh, a young Henry Hill played by a different actor who I, I don't know his name, but he looks mm-hmm. like Ray Liotta. And so we see kind of a flashback of how he got into the mob as a young kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we meet. Uh, Joe Pesci's character, who's also played by a younger actor, but then we meet Robert De Niro's <laughs> character, who is played by Robert De Niro. And he's supposed to be like 28, oh, 29, 28, 29. He comes yeah. in the door, and there's like this um, kind of glow, slow motion, glamour shot of of um, what's his name in the movie? Oh, Jimmy Conway. Jimmy Conway. Yeah, and it's like a shot of him, and he's coming through. The, it's just Robert De Niro, same age. With hair dye. Yeah. Like, it's this, which drives me crazy because Joe Pesci, on the other hand, is played by, like, a kid. 
but uh, I guess I feel the the story is so strong that the weird age things don't really bother. No, me. it it the first time you watched it, it didn't take you out of it. No, no, because you're such were good you actors. Watched it? <laughs> oh, probably thirteen or fourteen. Maybe that's yeah. why I didn't take you See, out for of it. Me, because at that age, I don't think I would be thinking about details and ages and mm-hmm. whatever. But it definitely took me out of it last night watching it. As as soon as they, as soon as they said like the age of like Jimmy Conway when he walks through the door, yeah. I was like, pause, hold the phone. <laughs> There's no way. And I think that has to, like. I guess I'm just suspending my disbelief because the story's so good, the acting's so good. <sighs> to me, I would rather have a situation where you have a better story and a script and maybe the actors aren't exactly looking the age they're supposed to be versus say Scorsese's latest movie, the Irishman, which you haven't seen no. where they spent no hundreds of millions of dollars to de-age all the actors and the story sucked. The so, problem with, with what you're saying there with Irishman, I think it just shows like a blind spot for Martin Scorsese to like have the same people over and over again instead of like, Getting new actors. Yes. Yeah. Cultivating <laughs> story around. Yeah. He does the same thing in Casino. In Casino, there's a flashback scene where it's like years ago, back like, home, why? and they all, they all just have dyed hair. They like, don't why do that? I don't understand. Especially because it's not like I'm Robert De Niro was that young when he, yeah. like. I'm willing to go with it because the story's so good. The act, like the character, I'm so into the story that whatever. Like, I, this and it's this, also a thing too with the age of the film. I mean, it came out in 1990, so. But even I don't. Th- I feel like nowadays it's specifically, that would fly. I feel like it's a, it did fly because Martin Scorsese did the same thing. Not oh, in Casino, but Casino came out in 95. No, no, no. no. I'm saying Irishman. He basically did the same thing, but just well, no. In Irishman, de- he actually de-aging. de-aged all the actors. Right. I. I don't think you can say that's like, oh, it's the 90s, so it's more believable. Well, I mean, you can point out things in films from the 30s and 40s and 50s, that the flaws that they have that, you know, comparing them now. Uh, but like, I let things those like problems, that it's like the context movies. of the time. This isn't context of the time. It's just because he didn't want to use two different actors like he did with well, everybody else. Yeah. The only defense I would say maybe it's is a, that... It's a, it's a small nitpick that I agree with, but it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't hurt my score for the movie. I don't think it hurts my score, but I think it's worth mentioning. mentioning. <laughs> I think maybe the only reason he didn't choose two different actors is because... Um, I it's think because two, I think Jimmy is supposed to be sort of this like all-knowing exactly. guy with charisma and stuff like So I can understand why Martin would be like, no, I'm not going to pick, I'm not going to divide the movie up that way when Robert De Niro carries that sort of presence already. Right. That's what I can understand as the defense. And I think that is still... the defense. You came up with a defense. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Because it's supposed to show like, because Tommy and, and uh, Henry Hill are supposed to be kind of students almost of jimmy conway they're supposed to be students but then that's that's like another thing is that i feel like as the movie progresses with them being older it feels less like a student mentor thing and it feels like jimmy's just kind of a bud which is well because fine. then they grow to kind of be on his level kind of like with uh paul servino's character playing uh i don't know maybe it's like a maturity thing with jimmy conway then yeah. because but they become, um, they become, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They become almost on the same level as, say, like, I mean, you haven't watched it, but on The Sopranos. Like, uh-huh. Christopher 
Moltisanti and Tony Soprano. Like, there's a hierarchy there. Like, obviously, Tony's the Don, he's the elder, but they get to a point where they're pretty, they're buds, they're kind of equal. He treats them as an equal. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think that bleeds into other things. But why don't we switch from the aging issue and then let's talk about okay other things. I think what I liked most about this movie as someone who didn't have any context or any knowledge going in is I feel like I understand like the culture aspect and like the community aspect so much more than from watching Godfather. Of the mafia and the Italian Yeah, mafia. well, and I understand, and it's like, I almost understand, I said this to you last night when we were walking the dog, I was like, oh, I get it now. Like I get why the opening line is like, the only thing I've ever wanted to be was a gangster. It was better than being the president. I like understand that now based on how the movie is told because very much in that time, in that place and I guess like still now for a lot of people it represented a family and protection for people who feel like they couldn't go to anybody else right and that sense of like feeling respected and having that comfort I I was like oh yeah like I get it this is cool this is all fun you this see is the glitz all... what's glamorized it's the well no, no but the the first half makes sense for, well, I wouldn't say glamorize. I mean, I, he does. Glamorizes Henry, the lifestyle. Henry does glamorize it, but I feel like. like he's watching it from the win- his bedroom window. He's looking down and seeing but I how like, amazing this lifestyle is. But I feel is. like in its purest form that's what it's supposed to be about that like way of life is supposed to be about family it's supposed to be about respect it's supposed to be about protection and while that leads into other things which is the problem i disagree i think the main focus of the movie is the glitz and the glamour and the lifestyle it's like the scene where henry hill's like all these other schmucks working nine to five jobs these schlebs those guys, they don't even know what they're doing. Like, oh, we're no, no, living no. the best life. Oh, no, no, no. I agree we with got, that. We're drinking, uh, I mean, we're drinking Cristal every night. We're partying <laughs> it up. We're buying what, anything we want. We It's it's for the take. Oh, no, no, no. I agree with that, that the glitz and glamour is the problem with it. Because that's, like, my biggest thing with Henry. Henry's, like, arc and, like, him as a protagonist is that I feel like he misses the point of of like what the lifestyle brought him and it, it I feel like it starts off in and again I feel like it starts off in this pure place where it should be about family it should be about loyalty and I feel like he highlights that in the voiceover that he's doing for those scenes when he's a kid and I think that's my problem mm-hmm. is like obviously he gets wrapped up in things um through like the course of the film with the like drugs that he starts selling. And again, it's like Polly says to him when he gets out or is it, is it Polly? Polly, yeah. Polly says to him when he gets out, he's like, you did what you had to do in jail. I understand that. But when you're out, like don't make a fool out of me. Yeah. And I feel like Henry's character, he just from like once he gets older, like after he gets married, like all those scenes afterwards, it's like mm-hmm. he gets completely wrapped up in the greed of it. And right. it's kind of sad because like... Well, he has no like, character arc. 
Well, yeah, the, well, yeah. Th- that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I think that's my problem with Henry as a protagonist, and with the, um, it doesn't cheapen the or lessen the 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 quality of the film, but um, it's just a shame, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just walked away from it feeling kind of sad. I guess, I don't know if it's so much a shame. I think it's just the character of the movie. I mean, it's not supposed to it's, be... It's not just him. I feel like it represents... I, I don't know if this was the in- intent of, like, the script or how Martin Scorsese feels about it or whatever, but I almost feel like it's this sort of... this generational gap where it's clear that characters like Polly and, like, this older generation were... Or what it appears to be is that it's, like, this very loyal group. And, like, the big thing is, like, you keep your mouth closed. You don't rat on your friends. You know, we'll take care of you. Like, that's evident when he's, like, a kid and stuff. And so I think it's just this sort of, like, generational. Or that's what I kind of took away was this sort of, like, generational gap of, like, of the thinking of what the, this is, what the family is supposed right. to bring. Right. Well, I guess things change over the generations. It's kind of a similar thing in The Godfather. Uh, in The Godfather, I don't know if you remember, uh, Don Corleone didn't want to get into drugs. He wanted right. to stay away from that. Right. And Sonny wanted to get into the drugs, and Salazzo was trying to get all the families into the drugs, and then the drugs would cause the war between all the families. Right. It's kind of a similar thing here in Goodfellas. I just think... So don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. <laughs> um, so that's the message. Yeah. But I, I, I think both Goodfellas and Godfather show, like the younger generation, they just... I think it's They get just, crazy with it. They I, don't... They lose sight of the whole family thing and the loyalty mm-hmm. thing, which is what mafia is supposed to be. Right. And they get too sucked into the glitz and glamour of it. Like in the last scene of Goodfellas, uh, Henry Hill's not talking about how he's so happy that he's with right. his family and with his kids. Right. He's talking about that when he goes to the restaurant and orders spaghetti, he gets uh, egg noodles and ketchup. Right. Like he's still stuck on that, that life. And that's how the real Henry Hill was in real life. That's why when he went into witness protection, when the movie came out, he started bragging to everybody that he mm-hmm. was a star of the movie and they kicked him out of witness protection. That's what like made me disappointed in the ending of the film. I mean, I really liked the movie. I really liked, you know, the whole, this is what it's like from an insider's perspective of this yeah. life. Like I loved all of that, but I think that's what made me disappointed in the film. And obviously if he was, like you said, keeping straight to the book keeping straight towards the truth of it it makes sense that he would just be like oh i miss the power oh i miss the movie star characteristic which he says something along the lines of that like them walking into a room it was you know yeah everyone stopped but are you disappointed in the fact that he didn't change as a character i think it's um yeah because I think I, I think in, in the context of this film, that's fine. Like it's supposed to be, I, a, it's supposed to be a snapshot of mafia life. Like yeah. these characters aren't; these characters don't think they've done anything wrong. They just know that they've got caught. Like if Henry Hill could go back and do it, what he's doing tomorrow, he would. Yeah, well, and I think that's an important kind of aspect of the film. That these characters don't see what they've done wrong because they they're all sociopaths. Well, yeah. Well, I think that's what's. Um... I, like, totally get that that's the reality of the situation. I think it's just funny because it's, like, from 
a movie set up that way, it's like, oh, I finally understand like what the what the draw is to that kind of lifestyle. And then in that same character's voice in that same movie, he like almost diverges from what he's explaining to you. Mm-hmm. Like he's explaining the appeal and then he talks about his downfall basically, but he doesn't, I don't know. He doesn't necessarily see it. That I, it I, I don't know. It's just more of, I guess as a viewer from the outside, I'm, uh, I guess I'm just thinking about how maybe I wish people would be or like, or it's like you kind of are seeing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I don't know how to, do you want to jump in and save me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I don't think in the traditional like kind of story sense of like a character and the three act structure and the character arc in these types of like mafia movies, there really isn't that, mm-hmm. like, especially in the case with this. And it's just, it's the case with, I so Goodfellas, Casino, and Wolf of Wall Street. I call, I deem uh, the, well, I've coined the, the term. I don't know if anyone else has used this before, but I call it the the trilogy of excess. It's like three films of excess of excess. Okay. It's three films all shot and made in the same style. Um, you know, with the Rolling Stones music and the quick cuts and the, mm-hmm. there's no real plot. It's just kind of events happening. Mm-hmm. And kind of the characters in all of these movies don't really have character arcs. It's more of just kind of scenes you're seeing, uh, just a glimpse into these characters' well, lives. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that there's not a character arc for Henry. But there's it's, not a, there's not a character arc. It's just a negative be, one. It's just yeah, a down, it's, it's, not, it's yeah. a story of a man in a downward spiral. And I think his voiceover kind of um, highlights how or it's funny how I feel like listening to it, I can track where it's like, okay, here are the details of my life, blah, 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 blah. This is the information. And then it's like the way he talks about his life is different once we reach the point where he is like an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it. I think that's mostly what I'm trying to say is that it's interesting watching the film and then like seeing where in the film he like switches to changing about how he kind of thinks of yeah what the life gives them and what it provides and honestly like you're saying the whole i have no regrets no resentments blah 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 that's what's also kind of funny is the way that they talk about who died and who killed who there's like no remorse or grief because they're all in the description (laughs) i don't think they're sociopaths they don't care they really don't care but is it just the like what what is it that makes them not care is it like a coldness is it just like they're used to people dropping dead. Is it? Well, I think a like, great. I want to. I think the great scene that kind of sums that up is at the beginning when Henry's still a kid, and there's the guy that was shot that comes into the shop, and Henry comes running out with all the aprons, try to help the guy, and you know, and and you waste it, and Tootie comes out and he goes, "You wasted eight fucking aprons on that fucking guy." <laughs> like that to me sums up the whole thing. It's like you got to grow a backbone, or else you're not going to make it in this business. I. Yeah. You can't care, you know? You can't care when people get killed and people hurt do and... care though. I'm not so much the killing as long as it's part of like the natural order of things in terms of like so Tommy's death, for example, the whole idea of like once you're made, you can't be touched without conversation. He was killed, 
by people who are made mm -hmm. under the guise that Tommy's going to be made, which obviously never happened. Yeah. Um, they shot him in the face so his mother couldn't give him an open casket. Oh, God. <laughs> that happened in real life, too. I believe he it. deserved it. <laughs> oh, no. Tommy definitely deserved it. Tommy's a piece of shit, and yeah. he was a sociopath, I believe. Yeah. Um, I think what, what I mean, though, is... Um, I'm sorry, I just lost the thread. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess going kind of on the same thing, I think there's also another element of this movie because you were disappointed in the ending. I think there's another element that is like living vicariously through these characters. There's, mm -hmm. there's a part of this movie that's like, man, I'd like to live that. It'd be fun to live that lifestyle for a little bit, you know? Being there, making money, more money than you can even spend, partying every night. I mean, you know deep down in your heart you'd never do it because it's evil. But there's a part of you that almost is like, oh, man, that'd be kind of, you know, be kind of fun to do that. I just want to clarify. <laughs> He's got his bone. He's got his Sorry. bone. I just want to clarify. I think... I don't think I'm actually disappointed with the the film ending because I think it was still a brilliant movie. I think it's just... It's like I know something that the character doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just sad seeing somebody who doesn't get it. Yeah. And, and he obviously lived, uh, Henry Hill and obviously he life. is that way. Obviously yeah. it's written that way for a reason, but it's it's like but it's like, oh, I watched this whole movie where like the first half was really about this and it's like that main character almost doesn't get it. Yeah. And the movie is the which maybe is the brilliance of the film, the movie is the consequences of not understanding right what your your actions are. Yeah. Yeah. I figured it out now. You figured it out. You got it all. I don't have to say anything else. We don't have to say anything no, else. No, no. Yeah. Um yeah. It's but it was it was interesting. I really yeah. I really did. I'm like glad it. you liked it. Yeah. At first I was like, oh, are you gonna like this movie? I don't know. Because no, it's very I'm, it is very excessive. It's not a traditional movie in terms of, you know, heroes and villains and and, char and character arts where a character starts out bad and becomes good. Like, it's very a glimpse into these no, characters' No, he started lives. off... And do with it as you he will. He started off like, young and impressionable, and it's a downward spiral. A downward spiral, and it's like a coming-of-age story just in a yeah. different type of family, which I'm all for coming-of-age stories. I do... I love that kind of kind of way of tracking somebody's life and seeing how things impact them. And I honestly, I think I was expecting it to be more violent. I don't... I don't know why I think I so I think I was pleasantly surprised when it was more story based and like these are the things that happened and these are the characters in my life and blah 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 um so I think I was actually pleasantly surprised it wasn't yeah. <laughs> very violent well it's definitely casino is definitely the more violent movie and yeah. that's, I'll, I'll and that's why i don't think see. i i don't think i'll like it as much as i yeah. like goodfellas and i i personally like casino way more than goodfellas like goodfellas mm -hmm. is a it's an amazing perfect movie i like good i like casino more just because because uh, i know you're probably just gonna like the kills in it you're like oh no, that's a good <laughs> no it's not the kills the reason i like casino more is well one i like the the las vegas 
setting of the movie. I think mm-hmm. the mafia in Vegas in the 70s, I find like incredibly fascinating uh, how they basically controlled Vegas mm-hmm. before like, kind of the big corporations came in and kind of bought out everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason but I like But that's basically Goodfellas just on a small it basically scale. Is. I mean, because they run everything yeah. in that I, I find area. casinos a little more focused and also casino... Uh, Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro are the main characters. They're not the supporting characters like they are in this film. Mm-hmm. So it's like pure, like Joe Pesci and Goodfellas, like he's on steroids in Casino. So like if you love that kind of crazy Joe Pesci, you motherfucker, like that, like it's tenfold in Casino. Mm-hmm. I think Casino for the longest time like had the most F-bombs in a movie too. Oh, it's also three hours long as well. <laughs> okay, so. that's... If it's three hours long, that's going to be... Because t- Goodfellas but it's was... But th- it's a fast three. It's one of the only three-hour movies where I'm like, this is perfect. I... It doesn't need to be any shorter. I don't buy that. And it goes by fast. Before uh, before we jump off the comparison train, <laughs> um, this movie was a touch too long for me. Interesting. It, Interesting. This movie's short for a Scorsese movie. I don't know if it was because of the time when we were watching it or if we were just yeah, tired we just from like what we were night, doing that yeah. day. But I would say the last hour of the movie, even though there's exciting things going on, it just was a it was a lot. I don't know. I I liked the movie a lot, but I it did feel very long. Yeah. Like we'll see how you do with Casino. What? Next one. You got it. You got to. We're not doing Casino. You need to do more Scorsese though. We got to do Taxi Driver. We got to do Raging Bull. That's Uh, fine. We got to hit all the Bobby D movies. Okay. I feel like we need to do. We're gonna take a different turn. For we're gonna take a different turn movie. for the next episode. We'll s- we're gonna take a different okay. turn. Okay. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on, although I feel like that was a very good in-depth conversation. Oh, it was. Yeah. Culture. One of the things that not bugged me, but one of the things I noticed, which you said you had thoughts about as well, I feel like Karen. I thought Karen's voiceover meant that she was going to be a more important character than what she was. Not mm-hmm. that she wasn't, but, you know, she her voiceover pops up when they first meet, like the whole double date thing, and um, it continues on, like, as they're courting and stuff like that, and then it kind of stops when they're um, kind of at their lowest point, uh, just with, like, the girlfriends the and the him. drugs, and, yeah, she's yeah, on she top of them with yeah, the... she got the gun, yeah. That's... The last time that we hear her voice again. And that's like, and there's still like an hour, I would say, left of the movie once that happens. And even though her voiceover, like, again, that encompasses a large part, like the different them courting and stuff like that. She's not used very often. And I feel like if you're going to use her voiceover, it should be, I don't know, used more or... More important, her perspective should be more injected throughout, but it really isn't to me. And so I almost wished that they had just didn't do that, that it was just from Henry's perspective. Because mm, otherwise... I see that. Because otherwise I feel like it doesn't serve the story that... Or it it gives me this false impression that she's more important than she is. Yeah, well, I, I think she is very important, and I think her narration is important earlier in the movie. I just think when her narration cuts out... You know, in the last third of the movie, it, it, it focuses more on the Lufthansa heist and how kind of the downfall of everything and how everyone's getting caught. I just, I don't. How they got to kill everybody. Yeah, I don't think her voiceover gave anything to the movie that she wasn't already giving within her performance. I can see that. I can uh, see that. Just because. But I do enjoy her voiceover throughout the film. I do. I just, I was like, I don't know. This doesn't, 
I, I kept waiting for her to pop up again. I kept waiting for her. Did you her. want her to have like more of a significant role in the film or? Yeah, I guess. Because it's like, why else would you use her voiceover? Like voiceover, the way that it's being used in this film is like a very like, I'm the like, because it's coming from the perspective of like already knowing the story. Like I'm looking over the events of my life and I'm giving, I'm this like omnis- omniscient presence. Mm-hmm. If you're going to use that device, it's because somebody is super important and they're giving, they're laying out all the pieces. And I just feel like. Well, I think it's her, I think her narration is very important because it's kind of showing, because she's more of an outsider. So it's showing more of an outsider's perspective on this whole lifestyle. Because when we meet Harry, he's just a boy. But when we meet Karen, she's an adult. I mean, I think one of the scenes where she's talking, when that scene when she's at the um, kind of the nail whatever party with all the wives and she's kind of describing it all. And then they show that scene with um, all like the vacations and stuff, the pictures, like the kind of the, the montage of pictures. I, guess, I, guess I think um, it's important to show kind of an outsider's perspective joining this life later on in life. I guess that does make sense now that you're saying... Because there is that big chunk of like yeah. her at the party, and if the scenes are written that way, how do you? Because the thought that just popped into my head, it's almost I guess most people who look at wives in that situation, it's like, oh, how could they, how could they put themselves in that? Right, and in that, sh- especially someone like Karen who is an outsider. To your right. point, I guess that does make sense now that you almost need it because she has to explain why it is that she made the choices to marry right. Henry, to stay with him, to, you know, w- what her impression of the guys in her life was that um, yeah. were from that background it, it, it and world. Shows, it shows, too, no matter how old you are or wherever you are in life, this, li- this mafia lifestyle can suck you in. Like, when we first meet Karen... She's this kind of young Jewish woman living with her parents. Mm-hmm. She's really dre- the way she dresses is kind of uh, very conservative. And you know, in that scene when uh, her ex-boyfriend beats her up and Henry goes and beats the shit out of him right in front of her and gives her the bloody gun and says, "Here, hold on to this." Mm-hmm. She's holding it in her narration. She says. Even though he handed me a gun, I was still very turned on. I was very oh yeah. yeah. She was like, this. oh, I should have left right then. I should and have there. left right then and there. But I'm very attracted to this lifestyle. You have? I didn't say this earlier. <laughs> this like movie has really brought out your Italian voice. It has for, the, for those listening. I'm like 75 percent Italian, so this movie. Oh my god. This movie is very close to me. Yes. Yeah, because like I mean, I'm not in the mafia or anything, but I can vouch for all the cooking in the movie. Let's talk about that cooking scene in the prison. Oh. When he's cutting the the garlic with the uh, with, with the, the razor blade, blade, the razor blade, it's a very blade? good system. Okay, I tried doing it once, though. It's very difficult to get. Why the, would the, you the, even? Because do it liquefies that. the garlic liquefies in the pan. It's a beautiful system if you can figure <laughs> it out. I tried doing it once; it didn't work. Uh, maybe I my will, razor blade wasn't sharp enough. Maybe that's what it is. But just remember, don't put too many onions in the sauce. Don't. How many? How many cans? How many cans of tomatoes <laughs> use? Two. How many onions you put in? Three. That's too many onions. You put too many onions in. <laughs> Um, I told Alex when we chose this movie to be part of the podcast, I said, okay, if we're going to watch Goodfellas, we're going to do it right. And I want chicken parm <laughs> and I want the pasta yeah, I made- and I want the homemade sauce. <laughs> oh yeah. And I want the red wine. I a, yeah. I made chicken, chicken parm last night. I made a beautiful <sighs> gravy. It was, it was beautiful. 
It was Forget so. About it, it was so. Oh. <laughs> it was. It was very good. It was delicious. It was very. You good. have to. If that you was the only way I was going to do it. To, you have to have some Italian food before you watch it. Kind of sets the tone. Yeah, it was like a. It was an event for the viewing. It was yeah. an event. It was like a marathon event because of how long that movie is. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, right. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Well, I love this movie. I tell there's me really your nothing grade. else. My this grade, is the grade portion. So if we're going on our our letter grading scale like we did in the last one, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna give Goodfellas a solid A. That's what I was gonna yeah. give it. Yeah. Okay. What's your reasoning for giving it? Not giving it an A plus. I would say my reasoning for an A. It's just like really amazing characters, a really amazing world that is well explored. I think, um, you know, back before Birdman was the thing and this whole like tracking shot, there's that really beautiful. Oh yeah, there's that shot. Yeah. And um, it really is not used in a gimmick kind of way. It really, it's um, showing, it's really to... Um, emphasize the world that Henry lives in and how he knows everyone and everything like that. It's and it's um and it's just well done. It's yeah. just well done, and the writing is really amazing. And yeah, that's why I, I feel give like it I need a. to show you uh, Boogie Nights, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights uh-huh. with Mark Wahlberg. Uh-huh. It's like the it's it's about the porn industry in the seventies, uh, but it's like uh, the, it's like the porn version of Goodfellas. I don't like it's it's the same kind of the same style and it, and good and boogie nights also opens with a tracking shot just like that okay i'm not gonna watch it just for the tracking shot it's a great movie I, okay maybe um, maybe 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 it's a good maybe. movie i gotta get you into pta um but uh anyway i, I give the movie an a uh just because i'm Honestly, I'm only giving it an A because I'm comparing it to Casino. I, I find cause Casino for me comp- is an A plus. The reason I take Casino's away Casino's an A plus. Casino's an A plus for me. The only reason I take it away is because I feel like Casino's more focused. Uh, which it's more of a personal preference thing. Goodfellas is a little broader, whereas Casino is a little more focused. I I disagree that this movie is unfocused. I'm not saying that. I never said it was unfocused. I'm just saying it's more of a broader. This is the lifestyle. <laughs> Whereas Casino, I that's feel like just kind of... That's not with how... That's your personal preference. No, and that's why I'm giving it an A. Uh, I Most people would disagree with me. Most people say Goodfellas is the far superior film. I like Casino more. We're going to have to watch Casino. We will have so to watch Casino. It's more violent, though. I'll just give you a heads I, up. I feel like I'll probably if like Goodfellas If you could survive more. Goodfellas, though, I think you could you could handle Casino. Oh, I think I can handle it. I, yeah. I do agree. I think I'm going to like Goodfellas. I'm I think you like probably will like Goodfellas more. Mm-hmm. Casino to me is the more rewatchable movie. Casino, I'll I'll watch maybe once or twice a year. Whereas Goodfellas, I revisit every couple years. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's my score. That's uh, sorry, just... I have another word. <laughs> oh. Um. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh god. Uh yeah, it was a good movie. I'm excited yeah. for the next. Episode. We definitely had more to say on this one than we did with Armageddon. So. Well, this movie is far superior. It's far superior. <laughs> All right, should we cue? I think it's time to, unless you have anything else to add. Is no, it... I think that's it. I'm sure we talked way far. We're 43 long minutes in, so. Jeez, you're going to have a lot to cut. I'm going to have a lot to come. I have a lot to listen back to. All right. <laughs> the dog's just pacing. Click, 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 click. Now he's coughing. <laughs>
Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's time for us to start cooking dinner now at six o'clock. All right, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Do do. Cue the music. That is not how it goes. I don't even know how to sing.